Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people here impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360. Now, in today's episode, I'm joined by Kevin Wang, founder and CEO of Fossa, and we're here today to talk about understanding SEA tools to master your risk management. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Excited to have you today, Kevin. Just before we get started uh, in the kind of SEA tool sphere, um, could you just tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So, you know, my name is Kevin Wang. I'm the CEO and founder of FASA. Uh, FASA is an open source management company. And so, you know, the way that you can think about what we do is every business today develops software at scale, regardless of if it's a software company or not a software company. And when they have developers, those developers are using tons of open source and third-party software to build their applications. And so uh, we help companies keep an inventory of all the open source and third-party software that developers use and help them enforce standards around licensing, security, and quality. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. You know, when we kind of look at how applications are developed today, it's striking just how much open source developers are using, uh, you know, around 90% of the average code base. And that's obviously, you know, a big change from a decade or two ago when most code was, you know, written in-house. Obviously, that does have a lot of benefits as far as uh, development efficiency, access to new technologies, etc. But what are some of the risks of using open source that you're seeing companies particularly concerned about? Well, I think the first thing on this topic is just surprising at how broad open source usage is and how relevant open source risk management is to so many different companies today. Um, I think it's very common for any company today to be using millions and millions of open source packages from millions of other developers and their products. And many of our customers um, you know, our traditional software companies with lots of developers, but we also have tons of customers that are in manufacturing, retail, you know, one of them makes candy bars and they have a ton of developers that use tons of open source. And so um, I think to support any company at scale today, you need a lot of developers building a lot of software and using lots of open source. Um, and so I think because of that, open source risk is one of the you know great topics of our modern age. It's one of the most important and I think broadly relevant topics today. The really big four dimensions we see uh, that companies care about are security, so preventing vulnerabilities or malware, um, intellectual property, so managing license obligations attached to all the code that gets used, compliance reporting, their new regulatory requirements about porting third-party software and software bill materials used in applications, and then also quality, bugs, defects using the highest quality modules. Um, I think there will be more. There are a lot of dimensions to open source and third-party code use, but uh, these are the kind of big four that people are managing today. Yeah, that makes sense. And what are the sentiments that you've heard about these existing risk management tools and strategies? You know, are, are companies generally pretty satisfied or are there certain areas where current solutions seem to be falling short? Well, I'd say, you know, every company right now is accountable for a fair amount of risk or a fair amount of obligations associated to the third party of the code they use. So, you know, if I'm developing software and I employ 10 developers, I'm probably using the code and accountable for the code getting produced by, you know, thousands of developers that I you know don't know, I don't employ and I don't control. Um, so the first step really to managing um, any sort of third party risk is to get a universal inventory of third party code, a list of all the um, open source that your developers are using, where it comes from, what the security, licensing, and quality implications of that code is, and doing so in real time. And I think this is actually a really, really hard problem, especially at scale. 
Um, if I have 10 developers, this is easy, but if I have 2,000, there are lots of different languages and development patterns that you need to support. Um, those development patterns are constantly changing. Uh, software development is moving very fast, so developers are using and releasing code you know, hundreds of times a day um, and using hundreds of thousands to millions of different components at scale. And then understanding and driving insights to manage risk at that pace is extremely challenging. Most companies today are deploying these scanning tools to try to start solving this problem. So to start identifying what third-party code exists, if there are any obvious licensing issues or vulnerabilities. Um, we've talked about this term SCA, that stands for software composition analysis. That's the kind of industry and analyst term for this category of tooling. And there are free ones out there that do part of this job. There are commercial ones out there, but I would say the vast majority of all of these tools are too narrow to really solve this problem at scale. Um, I think they're you know, incomplete. There's often add-ons to a broader portfolio of security products. And so because of this, I think our industry is still really early. Most companies are still at the starting point where they've bought one or many of these tools, but they're struggling to deploy this wall-to-wall. And, you know, the attach rates of these products are still relatively low. So I think we're still very early. I think most companies are at the point of, you know, having bought something, but not having fully deployed something. And I think limitations are partially an understanding of how to solve this problem on behalf of the customer, but also just what's available in the product landscape today. Yeah, very well said there. And uh, I know you touched on uh, the SCA tools a little bit. Um, could you just give us a bit more background on how these tools actually work and how organizations can, you know, really integrate them into their risk management programs? Yeah. So most SCA tools are scanning based tools. And I think the promise of this category, the promise of most of the vendors out there is to, you know, have a state of the world where if you're um, running an open source management program at a company, you have every single piece of third party code getting reviewed against policies, risk scores, all that kind of stuff. So kind of like this airport security model, you know, how, how it works is you have, say, 100 development teams. All 100 of these development teams have to install a scanner provided by one of these tools or vendors to um, identify and fix open source issues in real time. And then as developers are coding and they're using more pieces of open source, um, uh, those issues will be fixed in the background and you'll be able to develop really, really fast. I think uh, the reality is that rolling out this model is you know, nearly impossible, at least we've seen with our customers, to get to full coverage quickly when you're at scale. The kind of you know, operational challenges attached to this are, you know, you, you generally have to recruit every single development team in the company that has a different development workflow to install and integrate one of these scanners. Teams with weird or changing development environments are, you know, really hard to support. You know, most of these products are still, I would say, early products that aren't really built for scale because they're add-on products to a security suite or something else. And so because they're not very deep, you know, as soon as you start rolling them out at a greater scale, you get a lot of issues with false positives and all this other stuff. And so people are investing a lot of budget today. And, you know, a year or two in, they're developing an impression that the tools don't actually work. The promise isn't really real. And I think the data echoes this, you know, even though a lot of people are buying, you know, the attach rates of traditional SCA tools are, are still pretty low. And um, I don't think we see massive churn problems in our category yet, but I think we will as soon as the category is evaluated uh, more deeply and um, they get unbundled from some of the other products. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know you touched on it briefly there as well, but you know, what, what are some of these you know, real issues and frustrations that companies are having with these tools? Yeah. 
so I think um, the, the biggest challenge is rollout that I see today. I, I think the first step of the problem is to really try to get all the development teams recruited into the scanning pattern. So, you know, I have a bunch of development pipelines and each one I have to install a scanner and customize it so it fits my development workflow. And only then I can get data back about whether I have vulnerabilities inside of it or licensing issues or those sorts of problems. And the operational overhead of actually doing that with each of the development teams and fine tuning the integration and the analysis is uh, very, very high. So, you know, if I'm a you know security team or a licensing team or compliance team or a DevOps team or some sort of central team, it's a very, very large operational challenge to try to get all of these teams recruited. And so in any uh, large company today that's made a big investment in, um, in SCA tools, if they're using the vendor tools off the shelf, chances are their coverage is probably you know under 30% of teams in a company actually enrolled in the program. And many of them have invested in you know, their own custom engineering teams to build on top of the tooling, use data on top of the tooling to uh, in an area to get more coverage. So I think coverage is still the biggest problem. Utilization rollout is still the biggest problem. And I don't think a lot of the value that can be unlocked by having an open source inventory really comes until the coverage problem is solved. Got it, got it, got it. And um, I know you've got some skin in the game as well. So could you, you know, share what Fawcett is working on to really, you know, help your customers more effectively manage these problems? Yeah, well, well, I think, you know, we're ultimately following the lead of what we believe works in practice with our customers. So in many ways, we're taking the insights of what we learn from our most successful customers and, you know, trying to spread them to the rest of the industry and the rest of the customer base. So when we've observed what the most successful companies are doing, um, they're taking this sort of bi-directional approach to the problem where they're saying, hey, there's a couple of teams in my company that are, you know, VIP teams. They run the most important code bases. They have the largest amount of risk. And then for those teams, we need the airport security line. So we're going to work with them very, very deeply. We're going to um, kind of install these SCA tools and we're going to integrate into the development pipelines, get a really accurate inventory, scrutinize every single package getting used. And if there's a problem, we're going to stop the line. So, you know, in um, those cases, I think you can select a couple of teams to go really, really deeply in and then actually integrate this, you know, airport security model. But then for the vast majority of the rest of the company, you know, development teams are coming in and out of the company, getting restructured, you know, new tools, teams that we don't really have too much access to. The really successful customers we have treat it like this observability problem or kind of like a casino security model. So I think the general attitude is, you know, we're going to let our teams continue sprinting, but as they, you know, use the tools they want to do, use open source the way they want to use it, we're going to ingest all the data we can find. So code repositories, dependency manifests, do as much scanning in the background as we can and get way more data, even if it's lower quality. And then we're going to manage risk by layering on all these tools that help us identify in fuzzier ways. So tools like search, you know, policy filters, um, and and we're going to kind of filter through all this data to find areas where we uh, find, you know, vulnerabilities or problems or kind of, you know, heat maps of risk. And then we're going to prioritize and remediate those in the background um, as we see sort of the biggest bucket. So it's less around, you know, putting in, um, you know, these gates in front of the development team and more around observing and finding these problems and then reaching out to uh, enforce some kind of remediation when, 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 when something happens. I think that approach is way more scalable and it also lets you get wall-to-wall coverage, um, you know, within the first week of, of really um, uh, uh, deploying a program like this because you don't have to wait for any other team to, 
you know, integrate or gain approval from or anything. So I think it's much more scalable. It's what we see our customers, um, our most successful customers doing, and we want to help them get there. And, and, and this is all relatively new, right? Where, where do you kind of see this technology and indeed the, the risk management space in general in, in, in five or 10 years time? Well, I think, you know, the kind of as a state today is that everybody's trying to enforce this airport security model. And I think the key insight is that it's it's really two models that need to exist. There needs to be airport security for the most important teams and then sort of casino security for the rest of the company. The tooling does not exist for the second half of this approach, you know, this sort of casino security model of managing risk. And it's because I think, you know, vendors, companies, et cetera, they, they haven't really been uh, had a lot of game film of truly managing this problem at scale. And if they did, I think they would treat it like more of an observability problem rather than a scanning problem. And that's what, you know, I, I think our top customers are really, you know, uh, really all have in common. And so, you know, I think all uh, the entire category is due for a bit of a shift. Uh, I think all scanning tools historically were, you know, really brittle, uh, assuming you can get perfect data, you're fully integrated to development pipelines. And, you know, we believe that there's a new suite of scanning, policy management, workflows, all these primitives that need to be built, um, supporting this universe where you're not integrating the development pipeline. You have way more data, but way fuzzier data about what open source is getting used and when, and um, yet you still need to um, find issues, fix them, do so quickly, and, and be able to do that operationally across a very large and very complex um, uh, you know, global engineering team. So I, I think, um, you know, there's sort of a second wave of tooling that's going to be much more uh, better built for scale. Um, that's going to come out, you know, certainly we're uh, uh, championing a lot of the work behind that inside of our product roadmap with our customers. But I think it's a really exciting time. I think even though uh, this category is getting heavily invested in by customers, investors and partners, we're still very, very early to solving the real customer problem. And uh, that's very exciting to me. Yeah, great. Really, really well said there. And, and my kind of final question um, to you today, Kevin, is, you know, uh, I'm a uh, business owner. You know, I want to secure my code. I want to mitigate my open source risk. How can I get started? Go to fossa.com. We have a free product that a ton of development teams and open source teams leverage. We make them very, very accessible for small teams and startups. And, and you can sign up and get started and use it right away. Perfect, perfect. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. No, no worries at all. And obviously, thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation as well. If you would like more information on what we discussed today, as Kevin said, make sure you head on over to fossa.com. That's F-O-S-S-A dot com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.